Hello, everyone. What is up? Welcome back to another episode of Killer Instinct, you guys, and welcome back to another episode of Halloween. If you are new here, hi, my name is Savannah, and I am your host of Killer Instinct. If you are unfamiliar with what Halloween is, Halloween is the five days leading up to Halloween where we post an episode every single day. We cover the craziest true crime cases you can think of. It is the one time of year that we do this. It is the craziest time of the year, but it is also the best time of the year. Before we get started, make sure you go ahead and hit that subscribe button. That way you never miss an episode. We post weekly here every single Wednesday on the podcast, and we also post every Thursday on YouTube. As you guys can tell by the title of today's episode, today we are talking about the highly anticipated and highly requested update of the Zodiac Killer case. I'm going to walk you through why people think this case has been solved and also why some people believe that this new break in the case isn't real at all and that there isn't no factual evidence to stand on it. We are going to walk through all of it today. So with that being said, Let's jump right on into it. Now, the Zodiac Killer, who is also known as Just the Zodiac, has murdered at least five victims. However, he has claimed to have murdered 37. Now, the Zodiac is so notorious because he did something that we don't often see in serial killers. Oftentimes, serial killers will make their presence known. They will let you know that they were the result of a murder. However, they'll never usually go to the extent and the length that the Zodiac Killer did. What the Zodiac Killer did is he left a series of taunting letters that he would write in to different newspaper outlets. He wrote in to the Vallejo Times, he wrote in to the San Francisco Chronicle, and he also wrote in to the Los Angeles Times during the time period of 1969 and 1974. In his letter, he would often take credit for different murders that he said he committed, as well as taunt police by saying that they would never, ever catch him. The Zodiac's first known murder occurred on December 20th, 1968 in Benicia, California, when teenagers Betty Lou Jensen and David Faraday were out on their very first date at a lover's lane spot along Lake Herman Road. Both of them were sitting in their car when an unknown suspect approached them and shot Betty Lou in the back five times, and David was shot in the head. Now, police searched endlessly trying to figure out who was responsible for these murders. However, they were never able to piece it together. Then seven months later, on July 4th, 1969, the Zodiac Killer killed Darlene Farron and Michael Magoe at Blue Rock Springs Park. Now, Darlene ended up passing away. However, Michael miraculously miraculously survived this attack, and because of that, he was able to tell police what had happened. Michael said that him and Darlene were both sitting in the parking lot when a man approached them and shot them both before getting into his car and driving away. Michael said he had never seen this man before and he had no connection to him whatsoever. Luckily, Michael was able to give the first physical description and that was that Michael said that this man was about five foot eight. He was heavier set. He was around 195 to 200 pounds. He had short light brown hair and a large large, 
face. Now, something that was different in this attack versus the first one was that about an hour after the attack occurred, the Zodiac killer went to a payphone that was several blocks away from the Vallejo Police Department, and he actually called the police dispatch at the Vallejo Police Department and got in contact with a woman there named Nancy Slover. When Nancy answered the phone, the Zodiac killer said, quote, I want to report a murder. If you go one mile east on Columbus Parkway, you will find kids in a brown car. They were shot with a nine millimeter lugger. I also killed those kids last year. Goodbye. End quote. So not only is the Zodiac calling and confessing that he had just attacked Michael and Darlene, but he is also calling and taking credit for the murders of Betty Lou and David. Now, 26 days after the shooting, three envelopes had arrived to three different San Francisco newspaper outlets. The letters each contained a coded message, and the Zodiac killer said that if anyone was able to decode that message properly, they would be able to know his identity. Again, this was all a part of the taunting game, all a part of the control game that the Zodiac loved so heavily. And who's to say that even if that message was decoded, would his identity be revealed or was it all a part of the game? Now, those specific letters also came with a warning at the end of it. And it said, quote, if you do not print this cipher by the afternoon of Friday, the 1st of August, 1969, I will go on a kill rampage Friday night. I will cruise all weekend killing lone people in the night, then move on to kill again until I end up with a dozen people over the weekend. Now, the next known victims of the Zodiac occurred in Napa, California at a lake called Lake Berryessa. On September 27th, 1969, college students Brian Hartnell and Cecilia Shepard had stopped off for a relaxing day at Lake Berryessa. While they were sitting by the lake, all of a sudden, a man approached them from the trees. The Zodiac told them that he was just going to rob them, and that was it. He would leave them alone after that, and then he continued to tie their hands and ankles together. Once he tied them together, the Zodiac then pulled out a knife and stabbed both of them. Now, similar to the previous attack, Brian ended up surviving. However, Cecilia died from her wounds. Now, to prove that this was the Zodiac, the Zodiac actually wrote in black marker on Brian's car door with the Zodiac symbol that he had used in previous letters. This was a circle with a cross in it, and on the car he wrote, quote, September 27th, 630 by knife end quote. Now, similar to before, about an hour after the attack, the Napa Police Department received a call from a telephone booth a few blocks away. The Zodiac said, quote, I want to report a murder. No, a double murder. They are two blocks north from the park headquarters. They're in a white Volkswagen Carmangia, and I am the one who did it, end quote. Now, what's interesting here is that in order for the Zodiac to have known what car was Brian and Cecilia's, he would have had to have been watching. So he had to have been there prior to Brian and Cecilia getting there. Now, when it comes to this specific attack, even though Brian survived, he wasn't able to give police an accurate description of what his attacker looked like for the reason being that this time the Zodiac concealed his appearance. He was wearing a very oversized hoodie sweatshirt with the Zodiac symbol on it. 
as well as a face mask that covered his entire face. So he wasn't able to give them an accurate description. Just a month later, on October 11th, 1969, Paul Stein, who was a cab driver in San Francisco, was driving who he didn't know was the Zodiac Killer in the back of his cab. He drove him to a high-class San Francisco neighborhood, and before leaving, the Zodiac shot him in the head. Imagine an app designed to make you use it less. Seems a little counterproductive, right? Well, Apartments.com's Instant Alert feature works exactly that way. Instead of scanning rental listings a million times a day, simply set and forget your search to whatever you're looking for in a place and let Apartments.com do the rest. From pet-friendly apartments to balconies to in-unit ACs, Apartments.com's powerful search tools let you know when the perfect combination of features you're seeking is listed. So you don't have to power through rental descriptions one by one. With more rental listings than anywhere else, Apartments Apartments.com's instant alerts mean that you can spend less time looking for the perfect place and more time on just doing you. Apartments.com, the place to find a place. Now, first, people believed that this could have been a robbery gone wrong. However, the San Francisco Chronicle soon received a letter the next day that said, quote, this is the Zodiac speaking. I am the murderer of the taxi driver over by Washington and Maple Street last night. To prove this, here is a blood-stained piece of his shirt, and inside the envelope was actually a blood-stained piece of Paul Stein's shirt, which proved completely that he was the killer. Along with that in this letter, he also said, quote, school children make nice targets. I think I shall wipe out a school bus some morning, just shoot out the front tire and pick up the kitties as they come bouncing out, end quote. He then sent another letter soon after containing a diagram of a bomb that he said he was going to plant in school buses. So as you can imagine, police were all over this. They were watching every school and every school district near them watching school buses and the schoolyards and just making sure that this never happened. And luckily it never did. However, it still falls in to the Zodiac and his whole power play thing. He wants police to be scared of him. He wants people to be worried. Now, in November 1969, the Zodiac sent a letter to the San Francisco Chronicle that included a cryptogram, and this cryptogram contained 340 characters. If you're familiar with this case, you might be aware of this letter because it is known as the 340 letter because of the 340 characters. Once this letter was received, cryptographers everywhere, including amateurs and professionals, even the cryptographers in the FBI were trying to decode this, but no one was able to do it until December 2020, which just goes to show you how many people are still captivated by this case and are still trying to figure it out. So in December 2020, this 340 cryptogram was cracked, and this is what it read. It said, quote, I hope you are having lots of fun in trying to catch me. That wasn't me on the TV show, which brings up a point about me. I am not afraid of the gas chamber because it will send me to paradise all the sooner because I now have enough slaves to work for me where everyone else has nothing when they reach paradise. So they are afraid of death. I am not afraid because I know that my new life will be an easy one in paradise death. 
Now, what he's referring to in terms of this TV show is that about a month prior to this letter, there was a man that called into a show on a KGO TV station and he claimed to be the Zodiac. He said that he needs help, that he's sick, and that he also doesn't want to get the gas chamber. Now, in terms of the slaves, quote unquote, that the Zodiac is referring to in this, a lot of people have assumed that what he meant by that is that the slaves that he is referring to are his victims, which essentially is his way of saying that his victims will still be a slave to him in the afterlife, which is just such a twisted and convoluted thing to say. Now, on March 22nd, 1971, the San Francisco Chronicle received a letter that was directed to their editor named Paul Avery from someone who claimed to be the Zodiac. In this letter, he claimed responsibility for the disappearance of Donna Lass on September 6th, 1970. Donna worked as a nurse at a hotel and casino in Lake Tahoe, and she went missing a little after 2 a.m. on September 6th. The following day, her boss and landlord received a phone call from an unknown male who claimed that she had left town for a family emergency, but she was never seen again after that. This letter would be the last letter that the Chronicle would receive until three years later when the Chronicle received another letter on January 24th, 1974. Now, while this letter didn't contain a confession to any new murder, at the end of the letter, it did say, me equals 37, SFPD equals zero, which is why people have assumed that the Zodiac has as many as 37 victims. This is all a part of a game that he does. Everything is a game to him, and he very much so likes to rub it in everyone's face and make everyone very aware of the fact that he is in control of this situation. But that is why people believe that he has murdered 37 victims. So if we look at the pattern here with the Zodiac, the first three attacks, the Zodiac killer targeted couples, considering and assuming that all three of these attacks were done by the same suspect. So all three of them were couples and the last one was a cab driver. The last known murder was a cab driver. And in two of the attacks, both of the women died from their injuries, but the men were able to survive. And along with that, in the last two attacks, the Zodiac then called in the murders to the police departments from phones that were only blocks away from where the department was located. So with that all being said, let's talk about the previous descriptions of the Zodiac Killer because there have been varying reports as to what he looks like, which has made people believe that it's possible that there is more than one person involved in this and maybe the Zodiac is a group of people. A lot of people have assumed that over the years. Now, I told you how Michael earlier described the Zodiac, which was five foot eight, heavy set with light brown curly hair. Now, Brian Hartnell from the attack on Lake Berryessa, he wasn't really able to give an accurate description of the Zodiac because unlike previous attacks, this time the Zodiac was concealing his appearance. He was wearing a giant sweatshirt with the Zodiac symbol on the front of it, as well as a face mask. So Brian wasn't really able to give an accurate description or any description at all because he could not see what this man looked like. However, in Paul Stein's murder, this murder was very public. It was out on an open street and there were multiple witnesses who claimed to have seen the Zodiac. Now these 
these witnesses described the killer as a white male who appeared to be in his early 40s. He was said to be five foot eight with a heavy build and reddish blonde hair. So that description of the people who saw Paul Stein's murder does coincide with the previous description from Michael. Now, as you can imagine, with how many people are invested in solving this case, there have been multiple psychologists who have tried to profile the Zodiac. Some have said that the Zodiac is a genius who just fell over the edge, and he's also someone that wouldn't be able to sustain a steady job. Others have said he lives a terror-dominated life, so he lives his life in fear, and he insists on having this power because he feels powerless everywhere else. There are psychologists that believe that he does not live on his own and that he lives with his parents. There are psychologists that believe that he has a hatred towards women, and that is why the women have died in his attacks and the men have survived. So that is what professional psychologists have profiled him to be. Now let's talk about some of the possible suspects that have been looked at in this case. Now the first and most prominent one that people have believed to be the Zodiac Killer is a man named Arthur Lee Allen. Arthur Lee Allen died in 1992, but he had been interviewed by the police multiple times in the connection to this case. Arthur was always looked at purely based off of circumstantial evidence. He was reported to be in the area of Lake Berryessa during the time of the attack of Cecilia and Brian. However, according to him, he was scuba diving that day at Salt Point. In 1971, Arthur's friends came forward and said that Arthur talked a lot about his desire to kill people, and he also went by the nickname of the Zodiac. In 1974, Arthur was arrested for sexually assaulting a 12-year-old boy, and he served two years in prison after pleading guilty. Arthur did live at home with his parents, which matched one of the psychologist's profiles. However, he didn't necessarily match the physical descriptions that have been given. Arthur was about 250 pounds, which is a pretty hefty difference from the 195 to 200 range that other witnesses were giving before. And along with that, he's six foot one. So that is a pretty decent height difference. I'm personally five foot eight. So thinking about being six foot one, I think you would know the difference between five foot eight and six foot one. Along with that, he was also balding. So his hair description didn't really match either. Other possible suspects include a man named Lawrence Kane. Lawrence has quite the criminal record and was 45 years old during the height of the Zodiac killings. Richard Marshall is another. He lived in Riverside in the mid-1960s before settling in to San Francisco. Richard owned a typewriter that was similar to the one the Zodiac used and also liked the movie The Red Phantom, and that is a movie that the Zodiac talked about in his letters. And Richard was interviewed, however, he denied being the Zodiac. And having the same typewriter and liking the same movie is not enough evidence to point someone to being a killer of this scale. Richard Gajkowski is also another. He wrote for the Good Times newspaper and an anti-police and pro-violence newspaper in San Francisco, and he also used similar words and phrases like the Zodiac did in his letters. However, again, that's not enough evidence to prove that he is 
the Zodiac. Now, as far as developments in this case, I talked about how in 2020, the 340 cryptogram was translated and decoded. Now, in 2018, the Vallejo Police Department did say that they were going to try and retrieve DNA from the envelopes that the Zodiac sent, and how they were going to do that was through the stamps. They thought maybe it was a possibility that they could get DNA from the stamps if he had licked the stamp or if he had touched the stamp. However, that was in 2018. And to this day, we have not heard anything about that. What we do know is that the Zodiac did talk about how in one of his letters, the reason that no one was able to find DNA was because he put glue on his fingertips. So he is going above and beyond to make sure he doesn't get caught while simultaneously haunting the people that are trying to find him along the way. Now, clearly, if we haven't heard anything yet, my guess is that there is no DNA on those stamps, whether or not he used the glue trick or was wearing gloves, but we just don't know. Now, this all leads us to where we are today, and it leads us to a group called the Case Breakers. Now, the Case Breakers are a group of 40 people that are led by retired FBI agents that work on solving cold cases. They are a nonprofit, and on their website, it says that they have three goals, solving cold cases, funding more volunteer teams, and promoting careers in all branches of public service. The founders of the group are Tom and Donna Colbert, and if you go on their website, they go through and list all 40 members of the team. Their team includes private investigators, forensic experts, consultants, federal agents, and law professors. And within the past month, they have come forward and said that they believe that they have cracked the Zodiac Killer case and that they know who the Zodiac Killer is. And it is not any of those men that I just named. The case breakers and forensic experts believe that a man named Gary F. Post is a very strong suspect. Now, the reason they believe this is because they have connected Gary with the 1966 death of a woman named Sherry Jo Bates. Now, Sherry Bates is a woman that is believed to have been murdered by the Zodiac Killer for multiple reasons. Sherry was 18 years old when she was stabbed to death at Riverside County College on October 30th, 1966. And if the Zodiac Killer did murder Sherry, it's possible that she would have been his first victim. Now, some of the reasons it's believed that they are linked is because at the Riverside Community College, it was discovered that on one of the desks in the library, someone had written a poem into the desk, like engraved a poem into the desk. And this poem was about assaulting women with a knife, which is just very coincidental considering that is how Sherry died. However, more than that, on March 13th, 1971, the Zodiac Killer wrote in a letter to the LA Times, and in this letter, he took credit for Sherry's murder. He said, quote, I do have to give the police credit for stumbling across my Riverside activity, but they are only finding the easy ones. There is a hell of a lot more down there, end quote. Now, the case breakers believe that the Riverside police is refusing to do a DNA comparison between Sherry and Gary. 
The casebreakers say that Gary's DNA is being held at the Vallejo Police Department and the Riverside Police are not wanting to see if it could be a match, meaning they don't want to see if Gary's DNA is on Sherry. Now, the Riverside Police Department is very adamant on the fact that they do not believe that Sherry's death was a result of the Zodiac Killer. They haven't come forward and necessarily said why they don't believe it. However, they still say that they don't believe that the Zodiac killed Sherry. Now, here is what we know about Gary. Gary was actually convicted of pushing his wife, Mary, down the stairs of their home in Groveland, California in February 2016. However, he was found incompetent to stand trial. Now, Mary luckily survived. She was 75 years old. However, Gary and his wife reportedly had a very terrible relationship. He was apparently very abusive towards her and would make her sleep on the couch. Now, Gary's neighbor actually has come forward since this and said that she believes that he was the Zodiac killer. The neighbor claims that Gary would take her target shooting about five times a week. And she also claimed that when speaking to his wife, Mary, after all of this, Mary told this neighbor that she wished she would have told police about his past sooner. Now, we really have no context on that quote. That is really all we have to go off of. Now, another weird thing here is Gary had a friend named Will, and Will is significantly younger than Gary. They met through a business circumstance. However, Will has since come forward and also said that he believes Gary was a Zodiac killer. Will said that him and Gary used to go hunting all of the time, and Will said he would get very disturbed at the fact that Gary loved the gore that came with hunting. He loved ripping apart animals after he killed them. He loved the blood. He loved dismembering the animals to a concerning extent, to an extent that was not considered normal. And in 2014, Will said that he watched a documentary on serial killers. And when he did that, it clicked to him. And he thought to himself that Gary was the Zodiac. He also says that he believes that the composite sketches that have been done of the Zodiac do in fact resemble Gary. Now I will say this, that is all circumstantial evidence. And there are a lot of people who believe that this new finding, so to speak, is total BS. There is a man by the name of Tom Voigt, and he runs the website that I mentioned in the beginning, thezodiackiller.com. He is the owner of that website. He probably knows this case better than anyone. And he says that this new finding is absolutely trash. He said that he doesn't even know why the media ran with this. There's no evidence to prove that Gary is the Zodiac. And in fact, it's very damaging to the reputation of the case for them to come out and make a claim like this. Now, the Riverside Police Department also said that they do not believe that it is Gary and they don't believe that Sherry's death was a result of the Zodiac. Now, is it possible that Gary did kill Sherry, but he's not the Zodiac? Yes. Is it possible that Gary is the Zodiac and he did kill Sherry? Yes. Is it possible that Sherry got killed by the Zodiac and the Zodiac is not Gary? Yes. Is it possible that Gary had nothing to do with Sherry's death and Sherry wasn't killed by the Zodiac killer? Also, yes. So we just have questions all across the board. I would say that this new finding has actually brought more questions than it has answers. And I think that's a big reason why I got so many requests on it, because I think people are very confused as to why this guy is now all of a sudden being brought into this when he was never 
ever brought into this prior. It's not like this was a guy whose name was on the list that I just gave you of the other possible suspects. This is a brand new guy that's being brought into all of this. Now, again, this is all circumstantial evidence. And to this day, the Zodiac case still remains unsolved. And while we have seen the damaging effects that the media can have when people start throwing around random accusations and random stories, I do think that if anything, it's good for people to start thinking about this case again, because you still have lives that haven't gotten the justice that they deserved. And so many cases are still unsolved from this. Now, what I will say about the case breakers is while there isn't a lot of evidence here, these aren't just amateurs. These are people who have done this for a living. There are people who know what they're doing and know what they're talking about in certain elements. I'm not saying they know what they're talking about here, but they did work in professions that would give them credibility. So I have to believe on some level, they have more evidence than just this because this does not make a whole lot of sense. And we're not dealing with complete amateurs. These are, again, people that know this field. They're very familiar with it. This entire case breaker group is led by former FBI agents. They know what they're doing. So I just have to believe that there's more to this than we're really being told because if that's all it is, that's nothing. So that is where I stand on all of it. I don't know if I am swaying one way or the other. I'm really interested to hear what you guys have to say about it because personally, I don't know what I think because I think there's just as much probability that it's Gary as it is that it was one of those men that I previously mentioned. And I still think that the probability that it's one of the men that I previously mentioned is very slim. It still could be someone that we have never seen before. It still is very possible that the Zodiac is someone that's name has never been brought up yet. Is it possible that the Zodiac killer is still alive? Yes. Is it likely? No. But I am very interested to hear what you guys have to say. So that is the update that I have for you. And that is the fourth episode of Hollow Week. All right, you guys, that is all for me today. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Killer Instinct. Again, if you're new here, hi, my name is Savannah. I am your host of Killer Instinct. Make sure you go ahead and hit that subscribe button. That way you never miss an episode. We post weekly here every Wednesday on the podcast and every Thursday on YouTube, and you are not going to want to miss it. I'll be back tomorrow with a brand new case for you guys. And until then, stay safe. Bye, guys.